0: Wait, I'm the host. Am I, am I the host? The, the host is Chris Voss? That's me. Oh, hey guys, Chris Foss here, the Chris Foss Show. Welcome, welcome, one and all to the Chris Foss Show Hey guys, thanks for coming by. We certainly appreciate you guys. Once again, I don't know. I have some fun with that. Here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm like I was sitting here going, wait, I thought Neil was the host here, the, my guest today, but uh, we're gonna get into him more later. But in the meantime. Refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. If you haven't gotten a chance, go write a review of the podcast on iTunes. The best place to go there is uh, you click the review tab. Tell them how much you love the show and uh, how great it is. You know, we won't do another one until I get more reviews. No, nah, we're not going to do that. They seem to come because you guys are so wonderful. And remember, the Chris shows show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you. Go to YouTube.com for channel Chris Voss. Hit the bell notification button. You know the drill. Tell other people to do it because, I don't mean, know, telling other people what to do is kind of fun half the time. That's what I do. Uh, go to goodreads.com for just Chris Voss to see what we're reading and reviewing over there. All of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, the big 132,000 LinkedIn group. And uh, what else is there? The LinkedIn newsletter. That thing is killing it over there. It's pretty interesting. People love those uh, newsletter things over there. Today, we have an amazing author on the show. Of course, we have some of the most brilliant minds that come to us and share all their wonderful knowledge because I have none. And today we have Neil Bradbury uh phd he is a doctor so we're gonna learn all sorts of doctor stuff uh you guys will be smart after this and some of you may be uh, smarter in ways that i don't know maybe they wouldn't be good i don't know we'll we'll leave it up to you we'll talk about it some more he is the author of the new book february 1st 2022 and the book is called a taste for poison 11 deadly molecules and the killers Who used them? We're going to be talking about his amazing new book. And uh, this is going to be pretty insightful, especially for some of you guys who are really obsessed with watching, you know, CSI and all those murder mysteries and stuff like that. I always have my eye on you people. I give you a slant eye. I watch you guys with one eye open when I sleep. Neil Bradbury. He grew up in Manchester, England, and always had a deep interest in in science. Uh, He studied biochemistry at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland where he had the opportunity to work with poisons. He graduated with a degree in biochemistry with honors and decided to further my education, or his education, not mine. He can do that if he wants after this. His education by studying for a PhD in medical biochemistry at the Welsh National School of Medicine in Cardiff, Wales. He focuses efforts on the study of genetic disease cystic fibrosis he then moved to the u.s to continue medical research because i mean he became a yankee i guess basically is that how it works we won't get fooled again first the university of alab at birmingham and then the university of pittsburgh school of medicine he's currently professor of physiology and biophysics at the rosalind franklin university of medicine and science in north chicago illinois welcome to the show how are you neil I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks so much for inviting me.
1: It's really exciting to be here, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you about the book.
0: I'm looking forward to chatting with you too. You, did you get my uh, "We won't get fooled again"? The Who reference? No, I did not get that. Oh wow. Okay. Well, you. I mean, you're kind of you're younger than I am, so uh, that's probably what it is. For those of you who can look up what that joke means, it has something to do with the revolution. Anyway, but we. I'm glad we repatriated you. For those who are having trouble following along from England. To america and turn you into i guess a yankee if you will but you still have your british accent so welcome
1: (laughs) i I still have that i've i've actually lived in the states more than i ever lived in england so it's uh, surprising that i still have
0: it still god save the queen we love her give the uh, give us your plugs your.com so people can find you on the interwebs on the interweb you can find me on
1: www.neilbradbury.org There you go. There you go. So uh, what
0: motivated you want to write this book?
1: Well, there's a couple of things that uh, really forced me to write it. I've always been interested in science. Even growing up at school, I wanted to take as many science classes as I could. I really loved the subject and decided I wanted to do it for the rest of my life. So I was able to stay in academia and not actually get a proper job. I could stay (laughs) in universities. I've also done a lot of research, but I've also moved into doing a lot of teaching and Mm. uh, talking about the various human body aspects. In lectures. But I've also been interested in murder mysteries, uh, particularly Agatha Christie and all the poisons that she used. And I just figured, well, maybe this would be a good way of actually introducing how the body works, the physiology to students in class. And then I figured, well, maybe, you know. Agatha Christie and novels is one thing, but perhaps there are some real life murders um, and poisons that they use that could be uh, used as illustrations in class. And so I started doing that. Students seemed to like it. And I started incorporating more and more murders into my classes. And eventually I figured, well, maybe everybody else is going to be interested in this. And so I started writing the book partly to increase my own understanding of poisons and how the body works, but also to
0: share it with a broader audience. There you go. So has your wife had a side eye on you? keep one eye open while you've been writing this book, wondering what you're up to. She
1: has had a few concerns when I was writing the book and doing research on the internet. I had left a few websites open uh, that were of a concern, but I I think uh, I finally did convince her that I I was writing a book, and of course, when it uh, was finally published, I really was learning and doing material for the book, and so she is perfectly safe.
0: There you go. I'm just learning, honey. I'm I have uh, I'm just understanding these things. I am a chemist by trade, so there you go. <laughs> I just think it's funny. You know, I, I have so many friends that either their wives or husbands watch a lot of those CSI murder things, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, I watched a few of them myself, and that's when I decided that I would never kill anybody because I'd be dumb enough to make all the mistakes you possibly could make to. To, to To get caught, and of course, you never should do that. I should say the attorneys make me say that, by the way. But never dig up my backyard, please. Anyway, so give us some tips on you know some of the different are these you, you mentioned molecules in the title. Is is that different than say poison like uh, arsenic or what? What are molecules? Yeah. What, what's the reference? So
1: there? we generally think about poisons, and we also hear about toxins mm-hmm. and. They're kind of similar, but they're a little bit different. So poisons uh, generally refer to both things that occur naturally. So things that come from plants, but they could also come from synthetic sources so Mm -hmm. sarin gas for example would be a poison it's not something that naturally occurs it's man-made toxins tend to be exclusively natural things but they still both mess up the normal functioning of the body so it's a little semantic difference and then the the other word that we often come across is venom uh, which is really another animal-based poison, but it tends to be a poison that's injected either through fangs or from a a scorpion sting or or a bee sting. But generally, that they're all the same thing. They refer to something that gets into the body and disrupts its normal.
0: With stuff like, you know, where people got poisoned from the Russian government to Novichok? Novichok.
1: Novichok.
0: Novichok, yeah. is that, Does that fall into that category?
1: Novichok would definitely fall into the category of poison. It's not something that's natural. It's definitely man-made, and it is definitely a poison. It's really nasty. The Problem with something like Novichok is that you only need a very, very small amount of it, and Mm -hmm. it can be absorbed through the skin. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Novichok, the poison was actually squirted onto a door handle. So when people closed their front door, the Skripals in this case, they absorbed poison directly through their skin. Oh, wow. Touching anywhere else on the door wouldn't give you any poisoning at all. It's uh, just very specific to where that poisoning is, which means it's very hard to find exactly where it is because you Mm -hmm. could just be an inch away from where the poison is and not detect it at all. It's only where it was specifically placed.
0: Wow. Do you, is ricin included in that book? I remember living in Las Vegas, we had somebody who was making ricin. I believe that's how it's pronounced in, in one of the, the rooms.
1: Yeah, ricin is in place in the book. And again, this is a really interesting one. This is actually one of the stories that really fascinated me as a child in high school because an assassination of a Bulgarian defector occurred through ricin and in this case it was actually involving an umbrella as the delivery tool so this was during the communist area the soviet bloc was still there Georgi markov was a bulgarian who was originally fairly high up in the bulgarian communist party but became very disillusioned and came over to the uk and started broadcasting into the soviet union saying everybody how terrible soviet life is and they should overthrow and become a democracy and of course the bulgarians didn't take too kindly to that and decided to take him out and used ricin which is a natural poison it comes from the castor bean plant so many of you are probably familiar with castor oil many of us took it as kids or or given it as kids um ricin comes from exactly the same plant Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very very toxic it only needs a small amount of rice in there to kill someone
0: yeah i was reading about it. the guy had been making it in uh, his his uh, las vegas hotel room and i think he was trying to assassinate somebody or somebody and he ended up you know, I, I i can't remember if he died but he ended up you know poisoning himself <laughs> <laughs> stuff and not make up in the hospital and so they're trying to figure out what he was up to and if it was like if if he really intended to do it and stuff because it's kind of like a natural occurring thing but now that we've triggered all the keywords for the CIA the fbi and the national <laughs> security the Nsa let's talk about your books some more so you talk about some different things it you here's a good question for you it's often believed that women are usually the poisoners this is true and why are women getting blamed for that eh i would think i mean most serial killers are men i think aren't they
1: Most serial killers probably are men. For some reason, poisoning seems to have gotten the assignment of being a a woman's poisoner. Certainly, if you're going to poison someone, it doesn't take a lot of strength. All it takes is dripping a few drops into a drink and it (laughs) will kill someone. So it doesn't take a lot of strength. We think historically of people like Lucretia Borgia, who Mm. was a very famous poisoner during the Renaissance period. But it turns out with research that there are just as many men who are poisoners. And I think probably in oh. the book, it's actually more
0: men who
1: i've covered as poisonous than women okay so it's definitely an equal opportunity murder weapon Mm
0: -hmm. so it's an equal opportunity it's women women aren't to blame for that i i didn't really know i always just assumed that most serial killers were men from their makeups of fbi stuff i know my mom tried to poison me a lot but she was just a horrible cook but i do love my mom but when we were kids uh, don't don't get me started if death row if people would be on death row for uh for uh bad cooking my mom would be on death row but she's a wonderful angel of a woman otherwise but just not the cooking part i have an iron stomach you could pour acid into my stomach and i'll live i drink bleach just 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 to keep my my stomach up so that's kind of interesting that you know i mean technically the people who make your food and i know people like uh, putin and stuff actually have you know taste testers kings over the years have had taste testers because you know food is i guess you deliver your poison especially if you eat at mcdonald's i guess there goes the (laughs) mcdonald's crowd
1: yeah i think one of the things that is probably overlooked is you've mentioned serial killers and certainly Mm -hmm. there are serial killers in here who have murdered multiple people uh some, maybe just half a dozen other people who have been suspected of killing hundreds of people, mm. uh, and they definitely fall into the category of serial killers. But there's also poisoners who are targeting a particular individual. Mm. Maybe they're looking for an inheritance, mm. and their rich relative is just not dying, and so they're hurrying them along, or they're trying to get rid of uh, a lover that's uh, decided they don't want to be involved with them anymore. Uh, so there are murders that are just taking out specific people, and that's the only person they've murdered. So different types, it really depends upon what the goal. Yes, yeah, some people definitely were serial killers and just were rampant in the killing. Others were poisoning particular individuals that they wanted to eliminate.
0: Wow. Yeah, there's some people that... Uh, wasn't that Durst guy, billionaire Durst guy? Or he was, I don't know if he's a billionaire or multimillionaire. He recently died, but he... Somehow, a lot of people that he'd known had had passed away, his spouses and girlfriends and stuff. It, it's really interesting. So you talk about in the book, I don't know if he used poison, I'm just digging, but uh, many of the killers in the book are healthcare professionals, doctors, and nurses. What the hell's going on there? It's a good question. I think this is
1: something that's been around for a long, long time. Even Sherlock Holmes noted that doctors are the worst killers because they have knowledge and they have the ability to carry it out. And I think that's still something that's not changed since those times. Doctors tend to have uh, a thought that they are cleverer than most people, mm. that they're not going to find be found out, that they can use their specialized knowledge to kill someone, and no one would ever figure out that they'd killed someone. Some doctors, certainly, or, or healthcare professionals, there's nurses as well, tend to have a complex of, I'm taking people out of their misery, um, the so-called angels of death that come in and really assume that they're trying to kill people just to put them out of their misery. Other people, one example would be Beverly Allett, who... Decided that she was going to kill a lot of children, and she killed several children. It turns out that she was probably affected by Munchausen disease. What she would do would inject the people or the young kids in cribs who would come into the hospital. The kids would go into heart failure. She would rush in and save the kids, resuscitate them, and everyone would be thankful that she was such a great nurse. In fact, one of her victim's parents even made her a godmother because they were so grateful that that she'd come in and rescued and saved their child, not realizing, of course, that the kid went into heart failure because of her. She was eventually caught and sentenced and was actually put into a hospital for the criminally insane, where she still is at the moment. So there's lots of reasons why different uh, healthcare professionals have gone into murder, some because they wanted to get rid of a particular individual, some because they just felt that they were so clever that they could get away with it.
0: Note to self: Block everyone named Beverly on Tinder. The uh, just in case, you know, you never know. The uh, so, what was her motivation there? Was she was she trying to be a, set up a savior sort of scenario? She or?
1: did have that. Was really what was uh, determined to be the rationale behind <laughs> it. She didn't really have a desire to uh, kill the individuals. She wanted to put them into severe distress, and she could come in and save the situation and be and looked, looked like upon a, as a hero.
0: Wow, man, that's messed up. I think I've heard of that sometimes with the care of older people and and different things like that. I'm trying to think of what I'm referencing, but I think I've heard of different issues like that that people have taken and done. That that is insane. So what did you hope people would get from this book? I mean, you might be inspiring people or maybe uh, helping people understand what's going on. And that way, if my coffee tastes funny in the morning, I should probably look into it.
1: Yeah, the the lawyers at the publishers made me put in a disclaimer in the book that the uh, book was for entertainment purposes only, uh, not to be as an indication as to what you might use. What what I'm hoping to get out of this is really to get people to appreciate the body, how Mm. it works, and for the most part, our bodies work really well. Mm -hmm. One of the things I also wanted to bring out in the book is that many of the poisons that I've covered and we think about as poisons and certainly have been used to kill people can actually be useful. One of the poisons that I start right off at the front is we know insulin is taken by millions of people around the world every day and it's really useful and without it they couldn't live. But you just have to take the right amount of insulin. If you take too much, it's going to kill you. Same thing for a lot of other drugs. Dijoxin is one of which is really important for people with congestive heart failure. It's a very important drug. Many people take it, but you have to have just the right amount. Too much digoxin and you're going to have a heart failure, heart attack, and you're going to die. So a lot of things that we think of poisons If we use them in the right way and they're used at the right dosage, they're actually really useful drugs.
0: Does Viagra fall into that? Because evidently after four hours, don't ask me how I know, you have to go see a doctor and he has to give you some stuff. I don't know what that means. But no, that's a joke. You don't have to answer that. The next question I have is, you know, my old man, my father, rest in peace, he, he hated taking, I believe it was Coumadin, which... I th- is it Coumadin that they take for blood thinning? Is that I'm yeah. pronouncing it right? He used to always go off on, on it. He's like, it's rat poison. Ah. And my father hated doctors. He was very, he was into holistic medicine, which is the first problem, but he would always go off his Coumadin and then you have a heart attack or stroke and you, you'd be like, dad, you go off your Coumadin. And it's rat. So it, I, does that fall in that category? What we we're talking about earlier?
1: exactly yeah if you just have the right amount it's going to prevent you having clots which can lead to strokes but certainly if you take too much and that's how it kills rats is basically they uh, are unable to clot their blood so we tend to think about things as what we refer to a therapeutic window uh, with drugs you just have to use the right amount just small enough to actually be of benefit but if you add too much it's not going to be good and this this is true for many many drugs that most people uh, many people will take you've just got to get the right amount and take the amount that the doctor prescribes just don't go thinking i've not taken the drugs for three days now i'll just take all those three together because that doesn't work
0: yeah the i I think we found a a a fan for you i put up his post earlier he says i think i have to get this one on my audible account today but uh, i don't know well well i just want to put his post up here so when the fbi looks into this they they have a trail (laughs) i'm just i'm just kidding i'll thank you for your comments we certainly appreciate it but note to self (laughs) anyway it it, this seems like something that people are really interested they're really interested in i guess the macabre of it and young people love thrills and and all that sort of good stuff the uh, let's see what sort of poisons or uh, poisoners do you think interests the public the most i guess (laughs)
1: yeah. I think it's interesting in that you see a huge spectrum of people that have been involved with poison. Mm. Uh, There are certainly political assassinations with poison. Mm. So we can think of the Skripals, as we were discussing earlier on, Mm. Georgi Markov, who was killed with ricin. We also think of people like Sasha Litvinenko, who was poisoned with radioactive polonium. So Mm. there are people interested in the politics of it because Mm. there are um, government sponsored murders. that sense. There are also people who really are serial killers and just go out of their way to see if they can kill as many people as possible. There are also human interest stories, people who have been in affairs and then just wanted to get rid of their lover. There's one story about uh, a woman who was having an affair uh, with her lover who was called lucky chima which as you can imagine if you're going to go by the name of lucky it's probably not a good uh, idea you're gonna be unlucky at some point and he was poisoned with uh, a chicken curry what
0: Uh, so i need to start avoiding uh, indian restaurants now Well, if you look, go through the book,
1: uh, it's actually interesting how many different things were poisoned. There were certainly cocktails that were poisoned, Uh scones, coffee, tea, umbrellas, curry... Hot chocolate have all been means of dispensing poisons for, for
0: particular people. Oh, you're going to put me on a new diet. That's what you're going to do. Why do you
1: think it's certainly support- is going to get rid of overweight if you stop eating? That, that's well, that's true. Not going to work. Yeah,
0: or if you get poisoned, it'll fix your overweight problem too. You get a nice, good-looking skeleton going on there in your casket. How did you choose the eleven? I think it's eleven top poisons.
1: Gosh, that that was actually really hard.
0: Was this a favorite thing? Like your this person? There was
1: there was some that I just felt had to go in. <laughs> Certainly the rice in, because I remember that from when I was in high school, so I was really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Some of them were just you just had to put in uh, the polonium with uh, Sasha Litvinenko. He was actually given that in a pot of tea oh. in a London hotel and I was actually Uh -uh. fortunate enough to go into the uh, hotel restaurant where he was poisoned several years later after they had uh, cleaned up the restaurant. So that was kind of fun to be able to go there and sit at a table just a few feet from where he was poisoned to see that. So so that had to go in. Other poisons, one particular individual is uh, Thomas Neal Cream. He was called Neal, so I had to include him in the book. He was Mm -hmm. a he probably was one of the first serial killers. Uh, oh, wow. He killed in Canada. He killed in Chicago. He killed in Edinburgh. He killed in London. Probably was the first recognized serial killer. Wow. I also wanted to just get some example of the different ways in which poisons kill, because poisons kill in lots of different ways. So I wanted to select poisons that I could highlight different aspects of the body and highlight how different poisons can kill in different Mm -hmm. ways. Certainly, there are lots more poisons that I've not included in the book. If I put in everything, the book would be up to three or four volumes. So I had to trim it down. And Some of them are just favorites that I really liked and just felt I had to include others. I just wanted to include because it exemplified different aspects of how the body worked.
0: Yeah. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people who killed across the nation, but mostly they were comedians. That's a comedian joke. If you don't understand killing and dying on stage, Uh, if you don't understand that joke, it's mostly for the comedians. They're going to get that one. The, no, this is kind of interesting. How come you didn't cover Chipotle and the burritos? (laughs) (laughs) I cover curry,
1: so that's kind of spicy food, so it's in the same ballpark.
0: Wait, wait a second. I'm getting a notification. The attorneys just gave us a C and D. No, I mean, this, I mean, the, they, they were in that joke over there at the Chipotle. The last time I took a picture of myself in front of one, people were like, hey, man, uh, call the suicide hotline. It's okay, man. So, you know, there you go. And I mean, technically, there, there is a poison that kills. Like if you eat meat, what is that called? The natural, if you eat bad, that's, that's technically a poison, right? I don't know.
1: Yeah. There are certainly lots of, well, these would be toxins because they're okay. natural. Chemicals. Mm. Meat that's gone off tends to be uh, infested with bacteria and they can cause all sorts of problems. Uh, Lettuce is a particularly bad one. You talk about Chipotle and bacteria in the lettuce give off toxins. Because you don't wash it? Because you don't wash it, and those toxins uh, can get into the body and cause all kinds of imbalances in the way in which the body handles fluid. Mm -hmm. and So it can lead to vomiting, diarrhea, all those kind of nasty things.
0: This is why I never eat salads. You never trust a salad. That's why I just stick to... I don't know, burst or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not winning anywhere where I'm going with this. So, what? It teases out a story, if you would, that you found most interesting or one of your favorites. I'm always worried when you say you have favorite poisons, but I I'm I'm far enough away from you. <laughs>
1: favorite stories, I weren't necessarily favorite poison. One of the the stories that I, I find really interesting is a guy called Edwin Carter. Uh Uh, who was ill and went into hospital. The went into the ER, was very seriously ill. Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. His hair started falling out. He was very ill. He had sores on his throat, was having difficulty speaking. The doctors tried every test that they could think of, took all the blood work that they could, just couldn't figure out what was wrong with him until one of the doctors who was visiting him decided that he looked kind of like some of his patients that were undergoing chemotherapy oh, wow. and wondered if he had radiation poisoning. And so called in and started to try and work out what was going on. And as the doctors were trying to figure out what was going on with him, Edwin Carter said, My name's not really Edwin Carter. I'm actually an ex-KGB agent, and I've defected, and I'm a secret agent for MI6. Wow. So the doctors thought, is this guy hallucinating? Is the disease that he's got just affecting his mind, or or is he really an MI6 agent? Hmm. He gave them a phone number, a phone number to MI6, who turned out to be his handler. (laughs) And he indeed was an ex-KGB agent, Sasha Litvinenko, who had come over and defected and was now working for MI6. Wow. He had been targeted by the Russian government, most likely... His assassination was ordered by Putin, and he was the one that uh, met some Russian agents in the Millennium Bar in a hotel in London and was given radioactive polonium in his tea. Wow. Uh, And as you can imagine, there's uh, very few things that would be more British in a way to commit murder than putting poison in a pot of tea. It was eventually figured out that he had radiation poisoning. He was uh, irradiated with a particular poison, polonium, which turns out that the only place on the planet you can get polonium is from a nuclear reactor in Siberia. So wow. it's a, a bit of a giveaway. Because they can it was, trace
0: it, right? The signature of it, right? You
1: can trace it. Yeah. They actually found traces of radioactive polonium on the seats of the airlines, that the assassins had come across from Moscow into London. Wow. And then the room w- in which they stayed in whilst they were at the hotel had to be completely demolished and taken away because there was so much radiation. Uh, it's clear that they had no clue as to how dangerous the chemical was uh, that they were the using. The
0: assassins probably died, didn't they? Or I don't know.
1: They were very ill. They did get back to Russia, Um The British government tried to have them extradited. Uh, The Russians said, uh, no way. So
0: uh,
1: that was one of the the interesting stories that just was fairly recent, only occurred in uh, the last 10 years or so.
0: Yeah. We need to get your book in the hands of some Russians these days. And of course, of course, the favorite over there is, uh, a lot of people seem to fall out of windows and uh, second story, third story balconies. <laughs> I heard a joke once about Russia that, that the, that in, in most countries, the higher up you can go, the more expensive, you know, to the penthouse, the real estate is in Russia. It's the penthouse at the ground floor that you want because you don't fall out of windows accidentally kind of interesting you know it, it was interesting to me with the russian thing that how blatant it was and how how it was it, it, there was no attempt to really hide it for the most part uh, especially after they're caught because it's really the message that it sends and the power of that message as opposed to just you know poisoning one guy or making everyone shaking their boots at, at the at the power of that so it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front anything more you want to touch on before you you go out well, I just want to uh, let
1: people know that the drugs that they're prescribed are generally prescribed by a qualified doctor and to take them at the right dose that's prescribed for them. And they'll be perfectly safe. Just don't go taking uh, too much of it. And also watch out for what plants your neighbor might be growing in their garden.
0: Be nice to your doctor and pay your bill because, uh, you know, you never know. turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have that nurse when I'm old and dying. I'm going to have that nurse. That I don't know. It might be good that I get a nurse to poison me. I might be begging her, please poison, honey, kill me. Uh, kill me now because I don't want to be in this nursing home.
1: Well, just um, make sure you get the right poison. Some poisons you definitely don't want to have. Uh, strychnine is one of them you definitely <laughs> don't want to have. That's really nasty. Cyanide, yeah, that's going to kill you within a few minutes. That's so what you want. You want if you're going to choose though. one, I'd go for cyanide.
0: There you go. There you go. I should have been a Russian operative back in the day. So we've had FBI agents on the show. So, uh, note to the FBI, we've triggered every single word you could possibly trigger on on their thing. Uh, We've had a few FBI people on. So we're good people. Darn it. We're, uh, this is just an interview. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for coming on. We certainly appreciate it. You know, we've had some fun with your book and, and uh, hopefully people keep it as an entertainment thing.
1: Well, thanks so much for inviting me on. It's been a great
0: experience, and yeah. I hope people enjoy the book. There you go. You got 111 ratings so far, son. <laughs> so at least there's a trail of people that are reading this. So that's that's probably good for the FBI. But yeah, it, wow, your people love this read. It's it's interesting how fascinated people are with with some of these dark things like CSI and poisoning. <laughs>
1: So I should point out that everybody in the book who was a poisoner was caught.
0: Ah, that's a good point. I like that. That's a good disclosure for the attorneys in the show. (laughs) So don't do it. Don't do it. Be good to each other, man. I mean, that, those life insurance, they, you know, if you get that life insurance, you go cash that thing, they know, man, they see you coming. All I know is if I ever get married or get a girlfriend, there will be no life insurance policy. I'm doing nothing to encourage. <laughs> <laughs> you kill me here on your own, honey. So that's my policy. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Give us your dot coms, your internet uh, connections so people can find you on the interweb. You don't drink anything that they can you.
1: It's www.neilbradbury.org.
0: There you go. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Go to youtube.com for it, says Chris Foss. Hit the bell notification button because uh, it makes you belong to that family that loves you, but doesn't uh, judge you. But you don't belong unless you hit that bell notification. That's the key. That's, that's what you have to. That's all you have to do. You don't have to join. You don't have to, you know, offer up virgins or do any sort of thing. You just hit the bell notification up on the YouTube version, and you're in the the Chris Voss Club. Uh, go to <laughs> – sounds like a cult at this point. Uh Go to Goodreads.com, where it says Chris Voss. See all of our uh, groups, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those great places. Thanks so Manus, for tuning in. Be good to each other, damn it. I really mean it this time after this show. And stay safe. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye-bye.